Murder. Murder. Welcome to Death Do Us Part podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hi. We both sound like shit. Yep. We <laughs> both are getting sick. Yeah. Little man had it really bad. Yeah, and poor guy. Yeah, he was boogery all week. I felt bad for him, but yeah, now we got it, so... It's awesome, let yeah. me tell you. You know what, the, the flu, like the, the legit like flu A, I think it is, is just knocking people down. Is it? I mean, people are good, and two hours later, they died. <laughs> like, they, you just hit a wall, and you, one minute you're good, the next minute you're just fucking knocked. I'll tell you what, though, Mucinex is a I'm, wonder drug. I'm so proud of you. What? You said Mucinex. I said it right. You've never said it right. I don't even know what the fuck you actually call it. Yeah. I I don't right now. I should have wrote it down because it's, I mean, it's been 12 years. It's never been Mucinex. I said it right, baby. You did. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. But yeah, that is a wonder drug. Yeah, it's great. Because I, I feel 10 times better than I did this morning. Yeah. So. And I know this is probably not possible, but I feel like the liquid works better than the pills. Yeah. But Jax won't take liquid. Yeah. And I don't mind. You don't. would rather. Yeah. I, so. I'd i rather. I, I, I don't, don't fucking care. care as long as it works, dude. Babe, we're kid free right now. I know. How's it feel? Uh, Like he's upstairs playing games. <laughs> I know. So. He's at grandma's house. He's at grandma's house. And like. Must be having a great time because we don't matter. Yeah, I know they were playing cornhole together. Normally, it's like a 20-minute long dissertation to get him to go to sleep. And yep. I didn't hear anything until 7.30 this morning when he texted me to tell you about a wrestler. <laughs> and then he texted me something else, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, it's a boxer, Mom. Never mind. I'm like, all right, kid, whatever. <laughs> whatever, dude. Yeah, he texted that he loved me, and... That was. I didn't even get that. I got fucking Santina Marillos in Impact now, <laughs> and I'm like, cool. I'll tell Dad. Yeah. A wrestler. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got that, and that's been it. Grandma sent me a picture of them playing cornhole together, and uh, it looked like they were having fun. So right. we are kid free. Mm-hmm. Little uh, adult time. Bow, chicka, bow, wow, chicka, wow, wow. Not really. We're going to order a pizza and I'm yeah, going to rotate the laundry. I'm going to stuff my face with pizza. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're going to do. I'm going to try and find some more of these candles. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Guys. Yeah, so Patreon. A, an announcement for the Patreon. So, one of the listeners, bless your little heart, is helping me and Essentially, what we're going to do is I'm just going to add the new cost tiers. And everybody who wants to may drop down to that tier. Everybody who doesn't want to may stay where they would like to stay. If we have enough going one way or the other, we'll eventually delete some of the tiers. But we're just going to add them and let people make their own decision. Yeah, because it's Patreon is not being our friend. And no. 
we... I don't want to keep putting it off. Yeah, we appreciate the people that want to stay at the same same tier, but that's what's kind of messing us up. We can't drop people and keep people at the same price. Right. So we're, we're just going to start from scratch. Essentially, yeah. And then everybody who wants to switch, switch. I mean... Please, please, please don't feel like you have to stay somewhere if you want to. Thank you very much. We more than appreciate it. Right. If you don't or you can't, move on down. Right. Totally. Like, right. You know? Yeah. But that gives everybody the option without having to, like, make everybody redo it and everything right. like that. All you have to do is, if you want to change, you literally just go into Patreon and change your tier. That's all you and have to do. We're just, we're trying to do this to be a little bit more cost efficient for people. You know, I know a lot of people want to be Patreons and. But it's hard. We you get know, it. it. It's hard. You know, even $5 is a lot. So. Yeah, we get it. So we're, we're trying to lower it so more people have an opportunity right. to, you know, be a Patreon. I mean, and we're. Get the free episodes. We're a one and a half income family. So right. We, we get it. We get it. You know. We totally get it. So, yeah. so this case uh, is a technically listener request. Yeah, this is a request. Yeah, it's, it's um, a good, good one. It's bad. Gory. <laughs> He's just like evil. Pure, pure, pure and simple evil. There's no other way around it. Mm. All right, that's I'm it. Kind of excited for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the man would hump a wall if he could. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, and there's no, there's no like rhyme or reason. Yeah. It just kind of happened one day. Really? Yeah. And they just, all right, well, this Went sounds like fun. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah. Hey. It's, um, it's relatively local though. So. Mm. Sorry, the sniff. Okay. I do have two drinks in front of me. Yeah, I noticed Again. that. I got my I love when you made fun of me. Delicious monster. So many people were like, God, leave her hydration choices alone. <laughs> For real. I have a monster and then a, a Stanley tumbler water. full of iced. No, that's coffee. Oh, is it? That's iced coffee. You want a drink? No, babe. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you're going to have a fucking heart attack. Have I yet? Mm. Yeah. No, this is my coffee. Yeah, let me have a sip of that. I want to see your what computer. it tastes. Oh, my God. It's like 20 pounds. Yeah. So the cup, though, too, I put ice in it last night. And when I went to dump the coffee out this not bad. just now, there was still ice in it from last night. Not bad. You're wow. welcome. And I'm not a fan of iced coffee, but yeah. that's... What, what is that? It's um, uh, stout, I think, cold brew. And then... Sweet cream and heavy whipping cream. Yeah, that's delicious. I this is what I'm saying, babe. And it'll wow. th- that ice will stay until tomorrow night. That was so good. that's why I didn't mind making it now because it'll last me all night. Yeah, that was good. Wow, You're good welcome. choice. I made it. Thank you, I'm, girl. I, I made it mm, mm, all by myself. Mm, thanks, girl. So, um, okay, so we do have a, a lineup. Basically, we're doing this one. Yeah. And then... Next one is going to be a treat. Yep. We have a guest coming. Which... My old boss. Is going to be... Like, do I have to clean the house for him to come over? No. Blah. Blah. He technically was your boss, wasn't he? 
Yeah, for the task force. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he was. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good one. It, I, w- I was told last night. It, it, it's a really good case. <laughs> I was told last night. You don't need to do any research. I remember everything. Yeah, but all right, killer. You're right. Take it's it still easy. my motherfucking podcast, yeah, not yours. It's our man. show, dude. And unless you speak uh, with a British lisp, I'm not going to let you continue. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And then I don't know what what order we're going to do it in. We might have one in between because I'm halfway done with it. I haven't Ooh. even told Mark yet. Okay. So I finished this one, and now I'm halfway done with. Timothy McVeigh. Ooh, you did that one for me. I did that one for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's another one that's crazy. It's hard to see when things happened. Yeah. Like what turned, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I was. Ooh, thank you for doing that. Yeah. It's a. That was my It's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. That's another one. There's there's no mental illness there. You're fucking evil. No, he he knew exactly what he was doing. He was evil. There's no way. Yeah. So he knew exactly. Yep. So this one, like we said, is a listener request actually from Tony, who's going to be here next week. Yes. So um, this is the case of Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how known it is. Mm-hmm. Um, not a super ton a lot about it. And a lot of what I found was kind of the same thing. So, you know. Um, Make sure you talk into the mic, babe. Sorry. It took place. Put it in your mouth. I thought I was going to sneeze. That's why I didn't want to be like. <laughs> you know. How was that? Yeah, exactly. Um, so this happened in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, they were spree killers. And we've talked about the difference between spree killer and serial yeah. killer. Spree killers don't take much time off in right. between. Serial killers can take. Years. Right. Fucking, what's his name? BTK took like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we also had a, a request for the Golden State Killer, too, by the way. Oh. So that'll be coming up soon. Yeah, so. that, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to just dive right in? Dive right into um, it. Um, I feel like I have to give a trigger warning, which I don't do very often, but this one is very, like graphic it's like the worst of the worst and then you start to wonder like is it nature versus nurture like but it it's a lot there's um uh a lot of talk of uh child sexual abuse obviously murder deviant sex just it's yeah it's a lot so fyi you guys know what you're here trigger warning um so all right between may and july of 1984 Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown swept across six states in the American Midwest. In 53 days, the couple committed eight murders, seven rapes, three kidnappings, and 14 armed robberies, which totaled over 20 actual assaults. Holy cow. Uh, Coleman was no stranger to crime, but Brown had no criminal history. It would end with Brown spending life in prison and Coleman being the only death row inmate in history to have death sentences in three states. Whoa. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. He's fucked up. You ain't kidding. No, I'm not. So Alton Coleman was born October 6th of 1956 in Waukegan, Illinois. Yeah. 
Uh, he was one of five children, and mom started popping out babies at 14. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he was raised by his mother, Mary Bates Coleman, and his grandmother, Alman Hosea. Alman? Alma. Oh, almond. Alma. Dipshit. Uh, Mary was a known prostitute, and uh, Alma ran a brothel and a gambling house. You got to make money somehow. <laughs> so... Um, Mom uh, was also a known drug addict and also had um, severe untreated mental illness. Okay. Which obviously it passes down. So Yeah. Um, Grandma said that Mary actually threw Alton in the trash as a baby and he would have died if she didn't grab him. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Alton claims that he was beat as a child and it's likely per him that he suffered brain damage. So there's that head injury. That mm-hmm. always tends to pop up yeah. with serial killers. So um, he also claims to have been molested, which I, I mean, learning about the house, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I wouldn't doubt it either. He never, because here's the thing, he never lied about his crimes. He just never really talked about them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, in the brothel, he was exposed to drugs, violence, and deviant sex that included bestiality pedophilia and group sex that he witnessed his mom and his grandmother partaking in dear lord yeah uh also our alma was also a voodoo woman that's how it was said yeah that's that's how it was said in all the sources i don't know a better term for that so she practiced voodoo joe boo no help with curveball fuck you joe boo Fuck you, Joe Boo. I, I, I do it on my own. Um, she would make Alton go kill small animals so she could make potions. What the fuck? Yeah. Do you see where the nature versus nurture is coming? Yeah. I'm leaning a lot towards nurture. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when he was younger, too, because obviously his mom and grandmother really didn't give two shits about him. Um, he was often unkempt and had a tendency to pee himself. I put in my notes, uh, perhaps all the trauma. Yeah. You think? Yeah. So this earned him the nickname Pissy. Oh. Yeah. Poor guy. Like he doesn't have enough fucking going on. Right. Now you got to call him Pissy. What the fuck? Um, so you feel bad for the kid, but not the adult. So he dropped out of school in uh, the ninth grade and ended up working in a kitchen at a veterans hospital. As he got older, he was seen as, quote, charming and very normal. Interesting. Yes. Um, Putting on an act. Yeah, which is insane here in a few minutes. Um, So he eventually, though, became feared in the neighborhood. He lost the nickname Pissy and became known as Big All. Uh, Big Al, Big All, whatever. Uh, He was known to have a temper. And would carry a knife everywhere. Mm. Uh, He said sometimes he would run with street gangs, but not all the time. Yeah. Like, apparently you could come and go. Sure. Um, His first arrest was at the age of 16 for burglary. He was sent to juvenile detention for a small time and then got probation. Uh, The next year he was arrested again, this time for disorderly conduct. He had destroyed his mother's house because she would not buy him a $6 jacket. Jesus. Why don't you just steal it? Apparently that's what you're doing. Just take it. Yeah. yeah. So he had to pay a $15 fine and court fees. 
Um, Whoa, yeah. look out. Despite him being on probation already, he was not sent to juvenile detention again. Um, once he turned 18, his first arrest came two months later. Hmm. We escalate quickly. Very. Because this arrest was for rape, attempted kidnapping, and attempted armed robbery. Holy shit. Him and a friend uh, carjacked an elderly woman in Waukegan. They forced her at gunpoint to drive to Evanston, where Coleman then raped her. Uh, They stole $100 and her car. The woman, they ended up catching him. This elderly woman, poor thing, did not want to go to court for the rape. Yeah. So she asked them to not even charge him for the rape. Yeah. So he ended up only getting charged with the armed robbery. Wow. He was sentenced to two to six years at Joliet Correctional Center. All right. Which is, to anybody out here, that's the old Joliet prison. Yeah. So. Um, which is two minutes away from us. Yeah. Uh, there he was accused of sexual assault against several inmates several times. Mm. Uh, a prison psychologist stated that Coleman was not gay or bisexual, but was, quote, pansexual and willing to have intercourse what? with any object, man, woman, or child. Oh, my God. That's what I said. He would hump a wall. He didn't care. Dude, that's that's oh, beyond crazy. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that's what pansexual meant. I, I didn't know either. I thought pansexual had a totally different meaning. I, I've never even heard of it. Pansexual? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Never even heard of it. I'm, I guess I'm naive to all that. Hmm? Which, sorry. So, he was paroled in 1976. But three months after his release, he lured a 17-year-old acquaintance of his um, out. He, he asked her for a ride and ended up dragging her into an abandoned building and raping her. Jeez. Uh, Coleman was arrested but acquitted. What? You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> The jury saw him as a well-spoken, good-looking young man and did not believe that the sex was not consensual. See, this is the problem with, with the justice system. With our justice system. It is so flawed. It happens twice. Oh my god, you're kidding Mm-mm. me. Nope. Dude. So, while he was awaiting trial in Lake County, Sorry for the sniffles, guys. Um, I'm, I'm just a fucking mess. Yeah, right? Whatever. Dropping um, shit. So while he was awaiting trial at Lake County, he was actually accused of sexual assault against three inmates, um, stating that he forced them to perform sex acts. He was charged with three counts of deviant sexual assault and sentenced to six months. He don't care. No. Yeah. Um, Not at all. At twenty at twenty five, he was released. At this point, he met a woman who was in the navy. Um, they hit it off because at this point, he really does come off as a as a charming, well spoken, young man. And that's that's Insane. scary. And he, you know, he he was not unattractive. Right. I mean, the seventies look kind of took over, but it's frightening because it's. I mean, it's like Ted Bundy, you know. Yeah. He's so pretty that nobody cared right. kind of thing. That's scary. Yeah. So they hit it off and she ended up inviting him to a picnic at the Naval Station. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, while they were at this picnic, she mentioned that she was looking for off-base uh, housing. And he said he knew of a place and ended up instead driving her to an, aban- an abandoned industrial area of the city, raped her, then drove her back to the barracks. He was arrested and once again was acquitted when the jury assumed the sex had to be consensual. What the fuck? Isn't that, that's insane to me. Dude. That's insane to me. I, I don't even know what to say. These like, are juries of your peers, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. How fucking flawed. Yep. And then you're fucked either way, because if you go for just a judge trial, he's biased. He's biased. He's opinionated. And they base, they also base Bunch their, trial. sorry, oh. they also base their decision off emotion and shit, right. you know? Right. So... Um, shortly after his acquittal, he met and married a teenage girl whose name I could not find, and I don't blame her. Um, six months later, she left the house asking for a police escort to move her things. She would later state that she left the marriage because she could not handle his obsession with bondage. What? Very young girls and violent sex. Wow. In 1983, Alton's sister Terry went to the police after catching Alton in the bathroom of her home, molesting her eight-year-old daughter. Oh, my God. The little girl would tell her mom that this was not the first time um, he was arrested. There are details of her molestation, but I don't really feel like I need to include that. Um, He was arrested and charged with indecent liberties with a child. And Terry, the sister, called him and accused him over the phone. Jesus. He got pissed off and came and kicked her door in. And he must have threatened her because three weeks later, Terry went before the judge to get the charges dropped. So she mm. said that families go through this and it was all a misunderstanding. The judge was basically like, I think you're full of shit and you're just afraid of him. Yeah. But there's no witnesses. So he had no choice but to release him. And drop the charges. So this was around the time that he met Deborah Brown. Yeah. Take a sip. Sorry. Gulp, 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 gulp. Deborah Brown was one of 11 children. Every time I hear that. Close (laughs) your legs. My fucking uterus like shrinks into itself. Oh my God, (laughs) babe. I can't imagine having any more than two. I have a hard time with the three of you. The Exactly. Yeah. No, no way. Um, I wouldn't even be able to remember names. You barely remember mine. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I called the dog our nephew's name the other day. So <laughs> that tells you where I'm at. Right. Yeah. So now there were a lot of choice words to describe Deborah. I don't like the use of them. So I'll try to get the point across as much as I can. Uh, She was borderline intellectually disabled, like completely disabled. Yeah. Uh, She reportedly also suffered from head trauma as a child. Now, it's unknown if this head trauma was the cause of her intellectual disability or if this was a birth thing. Um, Later, her IQ was tested, scoring between uh, 59 and 74. Mm. Anything at 60 and below is considered uh, mental retardation. 
So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, she would also be diagnosed with dependent personality disorder, which is basically just codependency. She had to be around somebody. Yeah. Um, when she met Alton in 1983, she was actually engaged to another man. Which shocks me about the relationships because with an yeah. IQ of 59, I mean, she's got to be at, at, at an age of mentally at an age of young child, which makes sense if you think about it. But, right. You know. Right. Um, so Deborah quickly left the family that she was with and the man and moved in with Alton. Now, like I said earlier, she had no criminal history, none whatsoever. Yeah. But she immediately jumped into him his crimes his niece would actually say that one of the times um that he molested her deborah was present for it um on february 26th of 1984 they met a woman uh or excuse me coleman met a woman while she was waiting for her 14 year old to get off work from a fast food restaurant in west chicago he struck up a conversation with her about her job search and then told her that he knew of some job opportunities and he would drop off some applications. So she gave him her home address and phone number. Mm. Not smart. Two days later, he showed up uh, at the house where the 14-year-old daughter was home alone. Alton said he was there to drop off applications for her mom and the girl let him in. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, He then raped the 14-year-old girl at knife point. Oh, my God. Afterwards, he forced her to write a note that said, quote, Al, I really enjoyed tonight, and we must do this again real soon. P.S. Let this be our little secret. Dude, what the fuck is going on? So he was arrested, uh, but let out on bail. And he right, he was awaiting his arraignment, which was scheduled for May 30th of 1984. He was like, yeah, fuck this. He's like, I'm not I'm not going to fucking jail. Yeah. Uh, so then he befriended a woman and it, it's not I don't know how he ended up meeting this woman, like how he came about to be where he was, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um he befriended a woman named Juanita Wheat in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, he struck up a conversation with her while she was hanging laundry outside. Hmm. He said his name was Robert Knight, and he lived just a few blocks away. He, at the time, though, was living in Gary, Indiana with Deborah. So I don't know how that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, he spent the next couple weeks getting to know Juanita and her two kids, nine-year-old Vernita, and five-year-old Brandon. He would frequently come to the house staying for dinner often. And on May 29th of 1984, hang on. Damn it. Coleman offered to take the kids to a local carnival. After the carnival, he asked to bring the kids back. On the 29th of May? Yeah. The day before his scheduled arraignment. Oh, okay. So the... the 30th of May was... The scheduled arraignment. Okay. I gotcha. So the night before, the 29th. Um, after the carnival, he asked if he could bring the kids back to his house because he had uh, stereo speakers that he had purchased for Juanita as a Mother's Day gift, and he needed help carrying them. Juanita initially said no, uh, but he convinced her. Go with your gut. Yep. There's a reason you get gut feelings. Yep. Go with your gut. 
So she eventually was like, all right, fine, but wouldn't let Brandon go because he was too small to carry speakers and maybe it was a school night. Uh, Vernita was psyched and followed him out of the house with no problem. They left Juanita's house at approximately 1030 and were seen an hour later at a local bar tavern. Um, from there, they were picked up by taxi and taken to a barbecue restaurant in Waukegan. Now, Waukegan is only apparently 15 miles away from Kenosha. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't know how he, I mean, it's yeah, not far. So that's it's Lake County, right? Yeah, I guess that's how he ended up. Right on the border. Yeah. Um, so now Vernita's gone. Juanita calls Kenosha PD at 1 a.m. Um, Alton ends up showing up at his grandmother's house in the morning to shower and dress for court. Excuse me. Later that day, Juanita was shown a lineup and she picked out Alton. Again, I don't know how they assumed Alton. I mean, obviously, he's on the radar with Waukegan and and Gary. But... I don't know if she described him and they're like, all right, it's got to be this dude. Like if everybody knew about him, but he was in the first lineup and she picked him out immediately. Mm. Um, So from there, it said that, you know, the police were aware of of his record and they immediately called in the FBI. Okay. Police then went to his grandmother's house, which was his last known listed address. And Deborah Brown answered the door. She said that he had been there that morning but they hadn't seen him since he left for court. And she just wouldn't stop talking after that. Okay. <laughs> she then proceeded to tell them that he did not come home the night before. And when he did come home, he told her he had done something bad. Mm. But wouldn't, obviously, elaborate. All right. Uh, in APB, All Points Bulletin. Yes. Was immediately issued. Uh, but at this point, Vernita was still nowhere to be found. Um, allegedly at this point, uh, Alton befriended a man named Robert Carpenter in Waukegan on the 31st of May, which is your birthday. My birthday. He ended up spending the night at this guy's house and then said he needed to borrow his car to go to the store, but he never came back. At some point also, Deborah meets up with him and the two of them take off. Right. So they kind of lay low for two weeks. Nobody hears from them or about them um, until two weeks later when they're out and they come across a nine-year-old girl by the name of Annie Hilliard walking with her seven-year-old niece named Tamika Turks. Uh, The girls were walking home from the store. Why did I not write down what state they were in? Whoops. I'll tell you in a minute. Good job, babe. I know. Good job. They were in a different state. Hang on. I don't, why did I not write that down? Well, God damn it. Um, you fucked up. I know. Uh, would be prosecutors. Fucked the whole thing up. Mm, I think Indiana. Yeah, I think, I think Indiana. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Um, you should be. I know. The two girls didn't seem very weary or afraid. Of the couple, they were a younger, good-looking, very nice young couple. Yeah. Um, the little girls would eventually follow Deborah after she promised them new clothes in their size. She gained the trust of the little girls because she's a woman, and that's what happens, you know. 
Um, Alton ended up following them and was not far behind, obviously. He lured them to a secluded wooded area. Alton grabbed one girl and Brown held the other one down. Tamika's shirt was removed and the girls were then tied up with the strips of the shirt that were ripped apart. Jesus. When Tamika started to cry, they covered her mouth and beat her relentlessly. Alton then repeatedly stomped on her tiny body, carrying her into the woods, thinking she was dead. Oh, my God. He and Deborah then together raped Annie. When they heard Tamika moaning, they went back into the woods and strangled her to death. Uh, they then went this back. This is fucking terrible. It is. Yeah. They then went back to Annie and strangled her with a belt. Believing she was dead, the couple fled. This little baby girl, this little nine-year-old baby girl, crawled to a roadside. She wasn't dead. Oh, my God. She crawled to a roadside where she was found by a passerby. This poor girl. She survived. After multiple surgeries and a quite long recovery, she was able to not only describe the attack, but describe her attackers in detail. Good. That little girl. Jesus. A day later, uh, on June 19th, 1984, the first girl, Vernita, her body was found in an abandoned apartment building by a man looking for scrap metal. Mm. Uh, This was located blocks away from the restaurant they were last seen at and four blocks away from his grandmother's house. Uh, She was badly decomposed, so they were unable to determine sexual assault uh, by the coroner, but rape was assumed. Cause of death was ligature strangulation. Alton's fingerprints were found on a door near the body. The same day, the couple, uh, going now by Phil and Pam from Boston, met a 25-year-old Gary woman named Donna Williams. Donna invited them to her church later that evening, and she went to the church to set up early. She left the church around 7.50 to pick up, quote-unquote, Pam and Phil. A week later, her car was found in Detroit with Alton's prints on the glove box and a fake ID with Deborah's photo and the name of Lisa Fisher in the car. On June 28th of 1984, the couple break into the home of Mr. and Mrs. Palmer Jones. This is in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. Right. Uh, they severely beat the couple, ripped the phone out of the wall. They stole their car and approximately $90. Oh my God. A few days later, they met a 55-year-old woman in Detroit. Her name was Mary. Uh, she invited them to dinner and to stay at her home, which, what, why? Yeah. Well, what are you doing? I mean, they're just good people, but like Still. other people aren't good people, you know? Yeah. So um, the next day she gave them a ride to a 55-year-old man's house by the name of Marion. The couple threatened both of them and then knocked Mary out. They were tied up in the basement with electrical cord, gagged, and then beat with a wrench. They then stole the man's car. So four days after that, uh, they befriended a minister by the name of Ernie Jackson in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, They said that they were from Alabama and that Alton was on leave from the Army. Deborah introduced herself as Doris Smith, and he invited them back to their house for dinner. There, they met a friend of the minister and his wife, 30-year-old Virginia Temple, 
She was the mother of five children, ranging in age from infant to 10 years old. Stop inviting the, these people over. I know. I know. They're, they're very charismatic. Yes, just stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop inviting them over. Right. So Alton ended up finding out where she lived. Um, they went to the house that night, which was July 5th of 1984. They beat and strangled Virginia and then beat, raped, and murdered her 10-year-old daughter, Rochelle. My God. There's other children in the house. There's four other kids in the house. Babe, I can't even make any jokes during mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's. I told you, it's a. This it's, is fucking terrible. Yeah, they hid the bodies in the crawl space of the home. They stole clothes and jewelry. Oh my god! Uh, family alerted authorities when they stopped hearing from Virginia, and when the police went and forced entry into the house, they found the four younger kids alone but unharmed. There were still babies in the house. Jesus. Um, that same morning, Alton and Deborah broke into the home of Frank and Dorothy, uh, Duven, Duvendak, I believe. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. Duvendak? Uh, they tied them up with electrical cord, stole $200 clothes, um, Dorothy's watch, and the car. Later that day. Yeah. <laughs> They visited the home of Reverend Millard Gay and his wife, Catherine, in Dayton. They went to a church service with them, and then uh, the couple was dropped off downtown uh, Cincinnati the next day by the Reverend. This was a busy day. Uh, Babe, like, fuck. Jeez. On July 11th, 1984, Donna Williams' decomposed, decomposed body, excuse me, was found in Detroit a half a mile from where her car was found. Which, you guys didn't do a perimeter? <laughs> Apparently not. You find you find a missing woman's car and you don't do a perimeter? Uh, okay. Um, overrated. Yeah. Again, because of decomposition, uh, sexual assault could not be determined, but rape was assumed and the cause of death was ligature strangulation. Jeez. Uh, the same day that Donna's body was found... 15-year-old Tani Story of Cincinnati was um, walking home to the Over the Rhine neighborhood of Cincinnati. She left school and was seen walking with a black male and a black female. She didn't come home that night and was reported missing by her family. Her body was found a week later in an abandoned building, and underneath her body was a stolen bracelet from Virginia Temple's home so they could connect the two of them. Cause of death death was ligature strangulation or manual strangulation, I think, for her. Um, Tani's friends were able to identify Coleman in a lineup, though. Yeah. And Deborah's fingerprint was actually found on a Michael Jackson pin that was on Tani's jacket. Hee hee hee. There you go. Do you feel better now? Finally made a joke. Um, so the FBI added Alton to its 10 most wanted list as a, quote, special edition, which means he was the 11th most wanted. He was only the 10th person since the initiation of the list in 1950 to be added as a special edition, wow. which makes me wonder, what the fuck did the first 10 do right. that you didn't bump the list? Yeah, that's a good question. Is that what happens? Like, I don't know how that list works. Like, do, I, I, do you bump people with crimes or I, times or do you just get added? I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm curious about that. Um, 
So now there's there's obviously a manhunt across several states. Their pictures are fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um, Alton and Deborah rode bicycles into Norwood, Ohio, and arrived at the home of Harry and Marlene Walters at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, the Walters had a camper. Don't let for, them in. I know. They do. The oh Walters um, had a camper for sale in the driveway. So they went based off of the premise of that. Um, after discussing the camper outside, Marlene invited the two inside for lemonade because it was hot as fuck outside. Oh, my God. Alton attacked Henry with a wooden candlestick, beating him unconscious and to the point that in certain spots on the back of his head, his skull was pushed into his brain. Oh, my God. He survived. What? Marlene was raped and bludgeoned to death. Uh, being hit approximately 20 to 25 times with a blunt object. There was also a ligature around her throat and scratches on her face caused by vice grips. So it was like they tortured her. Jeez. For fucking what? I, mm. For nothing? Yeah. Um, later that day at approximately 345, their 21-year-old daughter came home and found them in the basement. Oh, my God. There was broken glass found in the living room with Alton's fingerprints on it, and there was two sets of bloody footprints found in the basement. They then stole the couple's red Plymouth Reliant, money, jewelry, and shoes. They left behind their own clothes, shoes, and bikes. They drove the stolen car into Lexington, Lexington Kentucky, where they kidnapped a uh, 33-year-old college professor from Williams, Williamsburg by the name of Olin Carmichael Jr. They then called his wife for ransom. Babe, I don't know if I'd pay a ransom. I'd be like, well, really, what are you going to do yeah. if I don't? No, I, I, I don't blame you. I, I wouldn't pay it. I would probably negotiate the price. Yeah. If they were like yours, 500, I'd be like, can we do 350? Uh, 375. 350 and you can keep him an extra day. Right. <laughs> like, how, how does that work? Yeah. Right. So they instructed her to take money to a gas station in Kentucky where they just didn't show up. Uh, they instead drove back to Ohio. And on July 17, 1984, they found the vehicle in Dayton, Ohio with... Um, Carmichael, Carmichael, I believe, in the trunk. He was alive. Still in the trunk. Wow. From there, they returned to the home of Reverend Millard Gay, who at this point had seen the news. And when they got there, he acknowledged that you guys are fucking wanted. Like, what are you doing? Um, A physical altercation started. Yeah. And Alton pistol whipped the reverend. Jeez. Which caused his wife. See, this is some bad bitch vibes. This is what I would do. Yeah. She went after Alton and knocked the gun out of his hand. Good job. Like, fuck you. You ain't going to hit my husband. Good job. Yeah. And then, I mean, maybe being a reverend is helpful. They um, they were bound and um, Alton tried to shoot Catherine point blank in the face, but the gun malfunctioned. So they left. They stole the car and money and left. Isn't that insane? Divine intervention. On July 19th, 1984, the body of 79-year-old Eugene Scott was found in a ditch in Indianapolis, Indiana. He was shot and stabbed multiple times and his car had been stolen. 
On July 20th, 1984, uh, a former neighbor of Alton's saw him and Deborah crossing a street in Evanston. Mm. Uh, he drove to the gas station and called the police. It wasn't long before PD found the two at a park. And Deborah tried to just get up and walk away. Well, why not? <laughs> like, she didn't run. She was just like, oh, you guys uh, are here. I'm going to head out. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you. Deuces. I'm going to go. And literally just tried to, like, walk away. Deuces. I, I yeah. got to go. The police were like, mm, you kind of have to stay. <laughs> yeah. They did find a gun in her purse. Oh. And when they searched Alton, they found a knife in between uh, two pairs of socks that he was wearing. Yeah. He initially was like, I ain't Alton Coleman. I don't even know who that is. I ain't got no ID. I, I, ain't, I ain't him. And then they said, cool, your fingerprints match Alton Coleman. And he's like, ugh. All right, you got me. Whoops. Yeah. You, you got me. So they're taken into custody. Womp womp. Deborah refused to talk uh, initially until she got to the federal prison in Chicago, which I was like, I parked in their parking lot. Yeah. It's right by in Daly Plaza, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that parking garage is fucking frightening. And your sister driving through said parking garage in an mm. expedition is a hundred times more frightening than just the parking garage. Oh, I, I believe it. I believe oh, it. Oh, I was like, we're, we're going to get stuck. <laughs> What happens when we get stuck? Like, we're just going to get wedged in here. I believe it. Oh, my God. Yep. Our other sister-in-law just sat in the back seat with her eyes closed. <laughs> so, once um, so she got to that federal prison in Chicago, she spent the next two and a half hours confessing and then asked for her attorney. A week after their arrest, 50 officers from six states met to form a, a plan of action at this point because... Who's going to charge them for what? Who's going to try them first? Yeah. So um, Michigan was immediately ruled out first because they did not have the death penalty. And all these cops are like, we're going to fry these fuckers. Oh, fuck. So Michigan was out. Um, So they then decided that they were going to be um, prosecuted in Ohio first. They have a death penalty. Nice. Uh, Between Deborah's confession and the prints tied to all the crimes, they were obviously like, cool, you guys did it. But because there were so many over so many jurisdictions, it was likely that neither one of them would be tried for all the crimes. Right. So they were not prosecuted for Donna Williams... The Detroit Kidnapping, The Jones, Reverend and Mrs. Gay, uh, Mary or Marion, the the one, the two 55-year-olds, Eugene Scott, uh, Virginia or Rochelle Temple. They would be prosecuted and sentenced to death for Vernita Wheat, Tamika Turks, Tani Story, and Marlene Walters. Good. They also received federal charges of kidnapping, um... For Olin Carmichael, which uh, Alton was given a 20-year sentence for. Um, Alton Coleman was sentenced to death three times over. Good. Um, however, the death penalty uh, sentence for Tani's story was overturned due to ineffective what? counsel. Um, something was oh said. I can't remember. God. He still had two other ones. So, he's, okay. yeah. Um, okay. So that one particular was... Commit, it was commuted to life, but he still had the two other 
for Vernita Wheat and Marlene Walters. All right, good. Uh, Deborah Brown was tried and sentenced to death for Tamika Turks and Tani's story. Uh, she was sent to the Ohio Women's Prison awaiting her execution. But in 1991, Governor Richard Celeste, who was opposed to the death penalty, commuted her death sentence to life four days before leaving office. Wow. He said he was opposed to the death penalty due to her intellectual disability. Oh, and fuck you. Exactly. And uh, the fact that she had a, quote, master-slave relationship with Coleman. Fuck you, dude. She knew what she was doing. Don't tell me she did She knew exactly what And it what comes she out later doing. that she knew exactly what she was doing because she tried to get him out of it. Yeah. Um, fuck you. So while her death sentence was commuted to life in Ohio... She is still facing the death penalty in Indiana. Good. Uh, she showed absolutely no remorse and tried to get Coleman off death row by saying that she was the one who killed Marlene Walters. <sighs> Sending the judge a note that said, quote, I killed the bitch and I don't give a damn. I had fun out of it. Wow. But she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good call, Dick. I mean, there's a lot of these crimes that they have like low IQs and they're not quote unquote stupid. No, they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. So Alton filed several appeals between 1985 and 2002, uh, appealing to the Supreme Court of the states where he was sentenced. Um, One, (laughs) the last appeal uh, that was filed on April 25th of 2002. (laughs) Um. He said that his death would be a spectator sport. Sure. Because in order for, because, you know, they invite families and witnesses to come watch the execution. Yeah. Fuck yeah. They were going to have to build an additional room onto the (laughs) building to get all the witnesses to come in. That's awesome. So he said it was going to be a spectator sport. Fuck yeah. Um. His execution was actually scheduled for the following day, April 26th of 2002, uh, at the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. He spent the week before his execution being baptized and seeing family. Of course. Uh, They did not come the day of the execution. Gotta see Jesus. Yeah. uh, They didn't come the day of the execution because they didn't have a ride. What? (laughs) What the fuck? They didn't. They didn't have a ride. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, you can't. I can't make taxi. I mean, whatever. Sure. So, um, his uh last meal was fucking stupid. I didn't even write it down. It was like filet mignon, fried chicken, ice cream, like, and they they fulfilled it. This is what would yours be? I don't know. Somebody who did I read? Was it? I think it's. Timothy McVeigh. His last meal was two pints of mint chocolate chip ice cream. And I was like, huh. Yep. That doesn't sound too bad. Mine would be ice cream. Throw I, some magic shell in there? Fuck I, yeah. No, no magic shell. I would have a hot fudge sundae, two scoops of vanilla, one, one scoop, scoop of, of chocolate, chocolate, hot fudge, and whipped cream. And yeah. caramel. Dude, caramel's where it's at. Fuck. That, that would be my last meal. I don't know. But like some of these guys, their last meal is like... I mean, a lot of states have, like, banned it. They've, they've put a cap on last meals because these fucks are like, 
I want the ass end of an entire cow. Yeah. And I want the dairy down the street. And yeah, I mean, it It should be, you know, there should be a little lemon on it. Fuck you. Bread and water. That's what you're fucking getting. Why yeah, am I true. feeding you to kill you? Yeah, that's true. No. I'm, I'm thinking, like, I'm on fucking death row. Right. <laughs> Get fucked. Bread yeah. and fucking water. Bread and water. How about, you know what? How about you go to bed fucking hungry? How about that? Yeah. Go to bed hungry. Yeah. So... There were 16 witnesses to his execution, including Harry Walters. Because, mm. you know, that's the one who had his brain. My breathing heavy? No. Okay. Um, he was brought to the death chamber at 10 a.m. They asked him if he had any last words. He said no, uh, but he repeated, quote, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want until he lost consciousness. Oh. Uh, he was then pronounced dead at 10.13 a.m. on April 26th of 2002. Good. Deborah's still in jail in Ohio. Is she really? Her sentence got commuted to life. So she's got to serve one sentence before she can go to the other prison. Oh, my God. So she, I mean, she's going to die in prison, but. So that is the story of Alton Coleman. She, she should be fucking dead right now. Well, if she ever goes to Indiana, she's going to be. Yeah. I'm not a life in prison guy. I'm not either. Uh, I'm more of an eye for an eye guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want you to fucking, you should be dead. I think somebody should fucking hold you down and do what you did to those little fucking girls. I absolutely agree. And then strangle you while you fucking stare at them. Eye for an eye. That's what, that's what should happen. Yep. So. Eye for an eye. So that was, that one was bad. I, I felt bad like saying any kind of jokes because like that was fucking terrible. That was a bad one. Yeah. And it makes me wonder. And I mean, we probably didn't hear of it because it was like in the 80s and stuff. But like you would think it would be more well known. Because yeah. Because it's so horrific. It's almost like. I I'm mean, surprised Tony even knew about that. It's because it's Indiana. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know. Yeah. The other one he talked about, too, is Indiana. So, Yeah, he is an Indiana guy. He is, yeah. He's a Hoosier. Yeah. Uh, but Hoosier. Yeah, that was... Uh, I remember... Man, that was rough. I re- when we first started the podcast, this was one of the first cases that he brought up. And I remember... Was it really? Yeah, he was up my ass to do it. And I'm like, listen, we just did like two child murders back to back i yeah. think we had just done like riley fox and something else and i was oh, like ah, i yeah. gotta take a break from fucking kids for a little while yeah so yeah this one was this was rough yeah no fucking remorse whatsoever no not at all yeah so i don't know not at all yeah i did that one <sighs> in a night yeah you finished it i couldn't fucking stop quick. i did i did it in a night yeah good job babe so good job. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. Honestly, I am pretty sure I'll have Timothy McVeigh done by Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, that's cool. And then Saturday's the big day. Yeah, next Saturday. Um, like I said, we're gonna have Tony on. Tony was my supervisor for the task force. Uh, he's a retired sergeant, uh, detective, detective sergeant. Um, from he, his department. He's also a paramedic. He is a paramedic, which he too. doesn't talk about often because yeah, he's like they're, not very good at it. But they had to be at the time. Their their department, yeah. required them to be. Yeah. So, um, 
but he's going to discuss a case that it was on either Oxygen or uh, ID. ID. It was, it was ID. on ID. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible case yeah. where a female was she kidnapped. Yeah, it's she literally... was kidnapped and set on fire, oh. and she ended up surviving. Um, but it kind of funny because the person who played Tony was a fucking British fat guy. Right. And it's the complete opposite of what Tony looks like. When I was watching it, the first like detective that walked in, I was like, oh, they picked a good guy to play like Tony. It kind of looks like him. And then I was like, that's not Tony. That's not Tony. What the fuck did they do? Yeah. But he, we figure, you know, it's. This was, it was his, his case. case, so why not have him yeah. on and let him discuss it? So, you know, like I said last episode, de- detectives say that they have that one case that, that sticks with them. This this was Tony's. This was Tony's. This was yeah. Tony's. Um, it's literally the worst CCTV footage I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. It takes your fucking breath away. It does. So I, I'm surprised they even showed it. I am too. It's shocking yeah shocking yeah so but But he he solved it he yeah he did yeah he did so so that's gonna happen next saturday so we might uh like jamie said we might have timothy mcveigh in in the middle of it but uh we'll see other otherwise it'll, it'll be next saturday yeah so um also I just want to say, and I I have to read you this message too. Um, I've gotten a lot of messages regarding the Michelle Carter case that we did for Lincoln Way. Yes. Um, A lot of people have said that they went into it thinking she did it. It was her fault. And they finished listening thinking she's a 16-year-old kid who didn't know what she was doing. Yes. I did get a message from a listener who said that um, she felt that what we were doing was incredible. And the way that we explain the case from our perspective, not only as a paramedic and a cop, but parents to a teenager, made it very relatable um, to parents and to teenagers. And she felt that we were really able to get our point across and... What we did was good. So thank you very, very much for thank that you message. Guys. That, that meant a really, lot. Yeah. Uh, you have no clue no. how much that means to us. Yeah, because so. that, that case, researching it, I was I was good. Yeah. Telling it, I was not. Yeah. I had a hard time getting through that one. But yeah. she said that we made it very relatable and that us talking about it and well, being good. open was, that, was good for kids to hear. That was our point. So. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, we're still waiting on, um, this week they're doing it, right? Yeah. Miss Highland is going to do it this week. So we're, we're going to hear yeah. the feedback, which I'm excited because she told us that some of her former students found out about it and, and they, they were, were jealous. Pissed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. That's cool. That's cool. Yep. So, um, but guys hit us up on social media. We love the messages. I try to chat with you guys as much as possible. Seriously? Like, they mean the world to me. Yeah. Um, please, whatever platform you listen to us on, hit us with that five-star liking. Um, we, we appreciate you guys. We love yeah. you. You know, your your family. Yep. And uh, like Jamie said, she tonight she is going to fix up Patreon. Yeah. So 
Um, I'll send out a Patreon message when I get everything all straightened out. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys. uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye.